Hello, and welcome to episode 46 of Man vs. Business. My name is Les James, and I am here with my co-host, Sean McMenamin. This week, Sean and I are discussing SIPOC diagrams, when and how to use them. So, with that, let's start the show. So, Sean, how are you doing today? How are you? I am doing fine. Um, So, today... We're uh, trying something new. <laughs> We're uh, trying out uh, different recording methods, so hopefully it'll kind of help with the uh, the distance situation that we have between Sean and I. So uh, um, we'll review it and see how it sounds. See how the audio is. Um, so we decided. So we decided that we would get into some of the uh, diagramming aspects of quality this time around. Uh, and we're going to start with uh, one of the very basic tools, one of my favorite tools of diagramming, and that is SIPOC diagrams. And Les, so have you what done? does SIPOC stand for? Uh, there you go. What does I'll, SIPOC stand I'm like, for? I'm like Ed McMahon to uh, Johnny Carson. <laughs> <laughs> so SIPOC stands for supplier, input, Process, output, and customer. That's an acronym, obviously. And um, uh, this is a tool that I use a lot. I I, I lean on this tool quite a bit. Uh, Anytime I'm trying to wrangle a group of people before we start doing any process diagramming or when we're trying to understand the process, this is one of my go-to tools for getting everybody on the same page. So have you ever used well, it? Well, you know what? I, I understand what you're saying, and I understand SIPOC diagramming. Um, I haven't overtly presented a SIPOC diagram when doing process mapping. And I, I just finished two process mapping sessions over the last couple of weeks. And and I did the middle part, <clears throat> the middle part of, of – uh, Diagramming, let's see, S-I-P, the process part, the P. <laughs> I did that, but in setting up that, I did talk about the the inputs and who are those inputs from, because on a SIPOC diagram, the inputs are are basically a, a product or a material or some kind of some kind of tangible evidence from the supplier side, okay, into your process. And then, and then your uh, outputs or your outputs from the process and the customers are who is, who are receiving those those outputs. So we talked all about that, but I did not show another diagram that said, "Hey, this is what we're doing." So the SIPOC takes that and formalizes it to some degree. And your your what's nice about performing a SIPOC before you actually get into the uh, process diagramming is that you scope your process boundaries very clearly. So um, uh, everybody's on the same board with not only the scope, but the language too. And I know you're real big on language. Yeah. And I'm I'm big on boundaries as well. And that was one of the things to my most recent, I don't know if you've done any in the, in the recent past, but these are pretty fresh in my mind. One of the first things that I started out with was, was what is it we need to, to, achieve to say that the process is complete right so yeah. so outside of that 
I put everything on the parking lot if the topic came up that didn't support completing the process. Right. So, so what you're talking about there really is the s skills of a good facilitator, uh, making sure that, uh, you know, people aren't going um, rogue or squirt, what I like to call squirrel, <laughs> yeah. on you. You know, so um, uh, because anytime you get into these process mappings or anytime you're trying to uh, figure out what's going on with the process and you perform uh, a SIPOC diagram, uh, there's lots of chances uh, for the action and the activities to go off the rails. Um, and that does, that does happen because people want to talk about what they do, right? They, they, want, to, yes. they want to get that out. And that's fine. It's good, but it does go down. If you allow it, it does go down rabbit holes. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, those rabbit holes are what you've got to, uh, do a good job of saying, you know, Hey, that is not within our scope. So let's put that in the parking lot. Don't forget about it. I think it's important. Uh, but, uh, definitely don't let a big discussion break out over stuff that you're not trying to deal with or manage in that particular setting. So um, I, I definitely think it's good uh, to bring them up. It's okay to bring them up, but definitely parking lot them parking lot them quickly so that you can so that you can move on. So let's kind of first talk about um, kind of the we talked about what a CIPOC stands for, but people are probably sitting there going, okay, well what does that mean now? So the best place to start, and of course you'll get some differences on this, but the best place to start is in the middle of a SIPOC. Right. Okay. Start right in the middle and define your steps. And one of the things you don't want to do is do the detail. That's for the process mapping like you were talking about. But what you want to try and do is define at the most five to seven steps. Seven might even be too many, but... You know, five to seven steps. You're not looking for uh, a process map that has branches or decisions or anything like that. You're just looking for the key components to the process. Yeah, what, what actually happens in big chunks. In that right. And so, so that gets everybody thinking about, okay, where does this particular process that we're talking about, where does this start? And what's the big chunk that starts first? Okay, so again, it gets into that language and says, you know, okay, this is the first major step. Now, we all agree there's lots of steps within that box or activities in that box, but this is the first major step. So start going through those major steps and get everybody to kind of agree to the major steps. You want, you want buy-in across the board. So you can also think of this tool as getting everybody's buy-in to the process. So if you've got somebody that says, no, that's really not the step, you really need to dive in and figure it out then because it's important that once you kind of get these five to seven steps in place that they're kind of set, you know. You don't want to get into a whole bunch of debate later. Oh, I know that's what you said, but it's really this, okay. that that There's nothing worse that will derail uh, that process than getting into that conversation. Yeah, one of the things that I that I like to talk about or say during um, these exercises and these events is uh, what is it? Silent steps. Something something that a step that's not communicated is not done. You know, so if somebody does, and what I try to do is say, 
if you tell me later that, well, you know, we said it one way, but it really happens this way, or, yeah, I didn't mention that step. Well, that's not the time to bring it up after the fact. It's, it's something that you've got to acknowledge in the process while everybody's there because you worry about the one-to-one conversations that happen outside of the SIPOC event or the process mapping event. Right. And so once you get that, um, that process step, set of steps done, make sure everybody's good with it, make sure everyone's happy with the steps and that those, re- those reflect reality. Right. That's very key. <laughs> you don't want you don't want any surprises later. Then from there, you're going to move on to the back half of the SIPOC diagram. So you're going to start discussing your outputs and your customers. So what they mean by outputs is you're actually discussing whenever that process completes, what is the output to that process? What are the uh, the parts of the component that when that process finished, what are you delivering, so to speak? It could be drawings. It could be information. It could be uh, a, a, an assembled product. It could be a subassembly. It could be um, some paperwork. There's lots of things that can be an output, uh, but you want to define all the things that come out of that process. That's key because not only are you looking to make sure that everybody agrees that that's the output, but you also want to want to be using it later on for looking for waste. This is a good area to identify waste where you'll you'll often find that uh, there's lots of people um, that are creating things in an output and the question comes up in the meeting where somebody else goes, why are you creating that? Well, there's, uh, there's opportunity right there. So, you know, we talked about last week waste identification. This is a great area where you can use, uh, that you can use for waste identification. That's a good point. And then, the, good. yeah, and then the last column is the um, uh, customer column. So, who is the recipient of this output? And you want to list all the different people that are the recipients of that output. And lots of different people. Uh, yeah, because the recipients, you, you need to you need to make sure that they have uh, what they need because you don't want them to have to do extra work in order in order to yeah. get in order to get you know the the process completed. You know, right. uh, what I always like to say here are clean handoffs. Right. You know, you want to make sure that what you're outputting is what they're expecting so that they can they can use that as the input to whatever their process is. You know, right. when you have two different you have you have internal customers and you have external customers. So I'm I'm thinking right now internal customers. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you want to list both internal and external on this customer area. You want you want both of them on there. Um so then after you finish that, um you're gonna go all the way to the back half of the process and start addressing your um, inputs and your suppliers. Um, I don't know if supplier is a good name yeah, for this. Yeah, they, they picked an S um, just out of convenience. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Uh, and, and, you know, really what you're picking there is everybody that's supplying something to the process, mm-hmm. you know, any sort of inputs to the process. Um and, and list, listing them all out. 
And then, of course, just like on the back end, on the front end, you're going to supply any documents that it takes to start that process. So pretty, pretty straightforward. I mean, any documents that it takes to get it going, like a sales order or an order acknowledgement or a sketch or um, it could be information. It could be, it, again, it could be product-based. You know, I need this assembly for, I can start this assembly for this process. It could be something like that. So um, lots, of, uh, lots of information gathering, and this, this can be used in a lot of other areas, such as I mentioned a minute ago, like waste identification. Um, but uh, uh, that's kind of the general sense of how you assemble uh, this document uh, and you're wanting to brainstorm this with a team of people. My suggestion would not be to do this with um, by yourself. Yeah. No, and, and that's what most of this, you know, these tools, process improvement is. It's you know, core core groups of people that have knowledge of the process, the inputs, the outputs, you know, things like that, in order to get a a a broad spectrum of of uh, knowledge of the process will also get the buy-in that what you put down on the SIPOC and then on the process diagram is actually what is happening and there's no there's no debate about it because just like you've been saying as for waste elimination you have to make sure you know what you're doing now in order to really attack where the waste is right so I think that once you get that SIPOC diagram that really lends itself to supporting uh, the development of a process diagram. So the reason why is because, again, it's going to scope you very clearly. You'll have that, that, that SIPOC diagram off to the side. You can constantly point to it and say, you know, hey, that's really not part of the scope, or hey, that was not part of the input. Um, you know, that's really a whole other path. So you can, you, you can use that as a tool to kind of keep, keep the, the herd, <laughs> you know, going in the same direction and not uh, going off the rails or going off the cliff or, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I'm so. thinking of layers um, kind of like <laughs> one of my favorite movies, Shrek. <laughs> like when Donkey says to Shrek, it's like a parfait. You got layers. <laughs> you got layers. So you, you, have, you have the SIPOC diagram, which is a, a broad overview. You have the process map which is, which is the next layer of what all is happening. And then you have and then you right. have the value stream map, which really ties value, time, money, effort, you know, as that as that third layer. And there could be other layers. And I just that's one of the things when I look at these three tools, that's how I look at them as as to how deep it goes from you know the overview to very detailed. Right, and I think that uh, you know another tool that you can mix in there when you're talking about uh, process diagrams is. A swim lane diagram. I kind of think of a, a swim lane diagram as being a little bit higher just because it's cross-functional in nature, you know, is usually trying to address, you know, activities that go across different responsibilities and or different departments, things like that. So that, um, and then when you do a, a pure um, process diagram, you know, you're getting into the details. You're right. And that can that can actually drill even further down into the details. I have a tendency to kind of put um, um, value stream maps kind of over to the side, kind of on their own, just because they do have 
so much detail. So I kind of think of them as yeah, a pyramid. Exactly. I kind of, I kind of, you know, the Cypox at the top, process diagrams next, or a, a swim lane diagram might be next, process diagram next, and then more detailed process diagram. But at the same time, I could branch over and do a value stream map instead, just be, and it just depends on what kind of information right. I want and what I'm trying to do, because I don't know if I see too much difference or any higher or lower level when I get down to the process map or a value stream map. They're kind of, it's kind of like, what do I want is what I think about there. I don't necessarily think that a value stream map is any more, less or more detailed than a process map. It just depends on what I want to do. At that point, I kind of, I fluctuate. Okay, the I guess and we can yeah. we can pick this up probably in whatever schedule we have for our, our process value stream mapping discussion. Yeah. But you know, to me, I put time time to do a task and wait time. What is the queue time and things like that? And now I'm re I am really talking right. about document movement. You know when. Yes, you are. And so that's why I was saying that it really depends on what I want out of the tool as opposed to how much detail. Because I can put just as much detail in a value stream map as I do in a process map. It just depends on whether I want to measure in the value stream map, whether I'm trying to uh, measure cycle time along with the map because I think that's important. Or if it's not important because I'm just trying to develop steps so I can write procedures – Process map might be the only Absolutely. one I do. I that completely. You know what I'm saying? It just at that point, it just kind of it just kind of depends on what I'm trying to do and and develop for so, the group. So Shrek, so. you're not like a parfait; you're more like an onion. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and depending on which side of the onion, you know. <laughs> so um, uh, we knew that this one uh, was going to be a little short. Do, is there any other parts of the sidepock that we want to cover? You know, I think. You know, we covered uh, you know when when we should use it, how we should use it, the de definition of a SIPOC, um, developing a SIPOC. It's pretty straightforward, but it's an extremely powerful yeah. tool. And there's all, there are a lot of uh, data, a lot of information on the internet on what you know yeah. your your SIPOC diagram can look like, and boy, there's there's tons of information. You don't really need to go to yeah, there's lots. Of yeah, templates. exactly. Templates are nice. Yeah, there's tons of templates. Um, well, we hope that everybody has enjoyed uh, this episode of our uh, Man Versus Business podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Man Versus Business. Please note that neither Sean nor myself are business consultants. We just have a strong passion for discussing all things business. Please remember to visit sigmatree.co to see our other podcasts, our business ventures, and our blog. And by the way, you can also drop us a line from the message page. Again, thank you and have a good week.